Well, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Word of Life Chapel. Merry Christmas. We're so glad that you're here. If you could open your hymnals this morning or, or look up on the screen, we're going to sing While Shepherds Watch Their Flocks before the kids come up and do their program this morning. stand for this last verse to glory be all glory be to God on high and to the earth be peace goodwill henceforth from heaven to men begin and never cease let's sing that together all glory be to
long time ago in the city of Nazareth, there was a woman named Mary. Mary was promised to marry a name named Joseph who lived there too. One day an angel from God came and talked to Mary. Mary, you're going to have a baby. He will be great and you'll name him Jesus. Oh, okay. <laughs> then the angel left. Now Joseph wasn't sure what to do when he heard that Mary was going to have a baby. So one night, while Joseph was asleep, the angel came to talk to Joseph. And so that is just what he did. Joseph and Mary got married. A while later, the emperor in Rome, Caesar Augustus, said that everyone had to go to their hometown to be counted. Everyone must go to their hometown so I can count them and collect taxes. So Mary and Joseph went to the town of Bethlehem to be counted because Joseph was from the house and family of David and Bethlehem was known as the city of David. Fortunately, there were many other people in Bethlehem too. So many in fact that Mary and Joseph could not find anywhere to stay. Finally, one nice man let them stay in his stable, which was a place for animals to stay warm and dry. And there are likely animals in the stable already Probably a cow. Ooh. A sheep.
that night, way out in the fields, there were some shepherds watching over their flocks of sheep. And during that night, an angel came and spoke to the shepherds. They were pretty frightened, as you can imagine. Don't be afraid. I give good news. In the town of Bethlehem, our Savior is born. Then all of a sudden, the sky was filled with angels, and they began to say all together, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. When the angels were finished, they left. The shepherds went to Bethlehem and found baby Jesus, just like they'd been told. They bowed down and worshipped him. It must have been amazing. Not far away, in a place called Jerusalem, there lived an evil king named Herod. There was also wise men from the east. They had read in ancient scriptures and had been waiting for the Savior to come. When they heard the news of Jesus' birth, they knew they had to find him. So they traveled to Jerusalem using their star to guide them. Wise men went to see King Herod and asked where they could find the king of the Jews. Where is he who is born king over Jews? He seems strong and came to worship him. Go to Bethlehem to find Jesus and come back to me so I can worship him too. King Herod told them Bethlehem and then he told them something else. Go to Bethlehem and see the king, and when he found him, come back and tell me that so I can go and worship him too. So the wise men left and went to find Jesus. When they found him, they presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They fell down to their knees and worshipped him. But Herod didn't want to worship the king. He wanted to harm him, so God warned the wise men of this of this in a dream, and they left and went back home in a different way so that when, so they would not have to talk to Herod again. When Herod found out that, they ha that he had been tricked, he was angry. I will send my soldiers after you, and I will destroy him!
But God warned Joseph in a dream to get out of there. So Joseph and Mary took Jesus and went down to Egypt. They stood there until the king, evil King Herod had died. Mary and Joseph and Jesus came back and went to live in the town of Nazareth again. And that's where Jesus grew up until he was grown. And when he had grown into a man, he fulfilled the reason that he had come to earth in the first place, to die for all our sins. And it all began long ago on that first Christmas day. Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill to all men.
All right, let's give them one more hand, and let's give a hand for all the leaders that helped put that together. That was, that was great. What a great depiction of the Christmas story. If you could take a moment, stand up, hug, and welcome them to the service this morning.
Well, again, welcome to Word of Life Chapel. We're so glad that you are here with us. Uh, a couple of announcements to share with you as we begin our service this morning. Um, if you could open your bulletin with me. First of all, if this is your first time here, we want to welcome you. We're so glad you're here. If, if you could fill out the little visitor card in front of you, and, and there'll be somebody out at the booth as you walk out today, and we have a special gift we'd like to give you, but that visitor card is, is important so we can reach out to you and, and make sure that we touch base. Tomorrow there's a Christmas Eve service. It starts at 6 o'clock. Uh, a lot of our teens are involved in that. Our students, it's going to be a great time. I hope you're able to come out. Um, it's going to be a night of music, a night of scripture. Uh, different vocalists from the church are going to be singing different songs, and it really is going to be a special night. Uh, doors are going to open at 5.15 for cookies and hot chocolate. Homemade cookies and free hot chocolate. Free homemade cookies and free hot chocolate. So we hope that you're able to come out for that. It's going to be a great time. Also on Saturday, January 12th, uh, there's going to be a showing of the Sight and Sound production of Jonah over in the Fellowship Hall. If you enjoy Sight and Sound, you will enjoy sitting down to see this. Man, it was, I think it was in November last year when the Sunday school class downstairs, was it November, Ryan, do you remember, Tracy, November? And and they were talking about some different things, and, and one of the things that came up was, was this idea of doing 12 months of serving. Now, if, if you've been attending, you've probably, you probably heard that a lot. Maybe you're not ex exactly sure what that is. Um, through November and December of last year, the, the Sunday school class downstairs decided to take on one project a month, one, one service project a month of, of getting out involved in the community, helping people that, that need help. Maybe it's from our church and, and just being able to assist people in different ways. Twelve different projects that happen throughout the year. And, and as we were talking through, we thought it'd be a neat way to kind of finish that by, by showing a video summarizing all that happened. Now listen, it's going to happen again this year. So if you weren't involved last year, we'd love to get you involved this year. It really is. It's, it's an amazing, amazing time. But here, here we go.
filled with different ways of ministering to different people. I, I can tell you that the hearts of, of those who were serving were touched in great ways. It was amazing to sit down and listen to debriefs of, of what would happen. And Tim would lead those debriefs and, and hear the stories of, man, I, I didn't realize how much it would mean to someone to do this. And, and so, listen, that's happening again this year. The calendar is being put together. So if that's something you'd like to be involved in, please talk to Tim Pritchard. Uh, I know he'd love to find a way to plug you in. Could you stand with us? We sing, what a glorious night. The kids taught it to you, so now there's no excuses. You should know it by now. The shepherd came to see the man stood by his mother's side. Here laid the Savior inside a manger. Oh, what a glorious sight. Oh, what a glorious sight. I hear the angels sing. Hallelujah, let the earth receive the King. I know that love has come. Jesus Christ is
Sometimes it can be a little confusing what Christmas is really about. There's so much going on, right? We are so busy. How many of you are going somewhere today and were somewhere yesterday and are going somewhere tomorrow, right? <laughs> Christmas can be so busy that it's so easy to lose focus on what Christmas is, is really about, right? It's not about the gifts. It's not about the family gatherings, right? Those are great. It's great to be together. It's great to give presents. Sometimes it's great to get presents. But Christmas is all about Christ. And joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive the King. Let every heart prepare
great singing. take a portion of the service on a Sunday morning to come before God and bring to him our praises and our petitions. This morning I have a praise and I also have a petition. Uh, the praise is, if you see there on your list, Terry Weaver near the bottom, uh, Heidi Mace's dad. The chemotherapy has at this point stopped the cancer. That's a praise item. We have a petition, however, this morning. Also, you see on your sheet, uh, Nancy Wilbert. Nancy Wilbert, this past Tuesday morning, had a very serious stroke. Nancy is unable to speak. Uh, she is paralyzed on her right side. Uh, she remains in the ICU unit at Harrisburg Hospital. Uh, we don't know exactly where all of this is going, but we know God is able to do above and beyond what we could ask or think. I spoke with Tim this morning, and he wants to uh, relate to you his thankfulness. He is so grateful for all of the support, the prayers, and so I said I would let you know uh, that he feels that way about all of you. So Nancy needs very desperately our prayers. And so, Father, we come before you. We do come, Lord, with our praises. We are thankful, Lord, that you have loved us in such a way that you have seen fit to send your son into our world. Christmas is about Christ coming and saving his people from their sins. Father, we thank you this morning that you have given to us such a great salvation found in Jesus Christ alone. And so, Father, our prayers this morning as we come before you are only possible because Jesus is the mediator between God and man. And so, Lord, as we come into your presence, we can call you our Heavenly Father because of the finished work of Christ on, all, on the old rugged cross. Father, we're thankful this morning. We praise you for uh, the results of the chemo and the life of Terry Weaver. We pray, Lord, that uh, this might continue. Father, we bring before you Nancy this morning. Father, we know that uh, she has a long road ahead of her. But Father, we know that nothing is impossible with you. And so as we come before your throne this morning, Father, we ask that you might do what we might not think could be done at this moment in this service. Father, we pray that you would raise her up, that you would strengthen her body, Father, I pray for Tim this morning as he sees his wife, Lord, in this state, that you might strengthen him with the strength that only comes from above. We're thankful, Lord, that Brian and family have been able to successfully come now from Alaska. We thank you, Father, for his presence now to be with dad and to be with mom. Uh, Father, so there's a lot of support but, Father, it's a very serious situation. And so we lift Nancy before you, asking, Lord, that you might wrap your arms around her, 
Lord, in the quietness of her mind this morning, may she know that you are present with her. Again, Father, we thank you for allowing us to come together. Lord, this is your day. This is your hour. This is, Lord, when you ask us to come and worship you. Father, we have done that. We are in your house this morning to worship you in spirit and in truth. And may everything we do, everything we say, may it bring glory and honor to you. Father, you're a wonderful God. You have come into our world to rescue us from our sins. And Father, this morning we are grateful. We are so thankful that we can stand before you knowing that we are your children and we belong to you. Lord, if there is one here this morning who is not quite sure that they have changed from darkness to light, that they are saved by your grace, that they have placed their faith in a personal way in your Son, that this might be the day when they become a new creation in you. So, Father, we turn this service over to you. This is your service. And we pray that, Lord, you might work in each heart. You know where we are. You know what we need. And we invite you to come. Do what is necessary, Lord, to mold us and shape us into the image of your Son. And again, Lord, if someone is not sure that they are part of your family, that today, Lord, your Spirit might convict of sin and draw them to the person of Jesus Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you've heard a lot this morning already about angels, and so we're going to sing a couple of uh, carols uh, about angels. The first one is Angels from the Realm of Glory, hymn number 110. Leonard's going to come and lead us in these two hymns this morning.
Then I invite you to turn with me to hymn number 113. 113, angels we have heard on high. <clears throat> I'll ask you to stand with me as we sing this, and then those in junior church can be dismissed. 113. <laughs> Thank you, and you may be seated. It's my privilege once again 
in behalf of the congregation to make this contribution and appreciation to our pastors. <clears throat> I'm going to ask that they come forward, Pastor you and, and Tony, would you join me up here <clears throat> on the stadium uh, pulpit? <clears throat> my, uh, my parents were of the persuasion uh, that, uh, one that I'm not with, but uh, they were charismatic. And occasionally I would go to one of their conferences or someplace where they had a speaker just out of, out of curiosity and respect to my parents. <clears throat> and at one of those, the, pa the pastor came up on the stage and another one came up, one of the deacons, and he would read a scripture and then the pastor would preach on that scripture. And it was back and forth, that was the way the, the service went. But we're not gonna do that this morning. Anyhow, <laughs> anyhow, it's my privilege once again. Has it been a whole year? A whole year. Oh my, it doesn't seem like that. But anyway, it's my privilege on behalf of the congregation to make this monetary presentation to them <clears throat> in appreciation for their service during this past year. <clears throat> so Pastor Bob, I'd like to present to you in appreciation for your service. Thank you very much. May the Lord. Lord bless you as you continue leading this flock. We pray that you would have wisdom and a double dose of patience because when you lead a group of sheep, you know sometimes they go astray. So you're going to need a lot of patience. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and Pastor Tony, Thank same you. to you. We appreciate Thank your you. service here among us this past year. We pray that you would have vision and faith and confidence and assurance as you attempt to lead us in the future of our church here. So may the Lord bless you. Thank you. Well, let's give them a good round. Well, it's always a great privilege to be able to come before you folks. It, it has been another year, another good year. And uh, Pastor Tony and I, we certainly thank all of you for uh, the kindness, uh, the support that you've shown, again, for another year, and uh, we're certainly appreciative of all of that. You know, the music that we sing at Christmas, uh, it, it's, it's a wonderful thing to be able to come together in a place such as this one, filled with the people of God and sing Christmas carols. I don't know of any time within the year that calls us to sing like on Christmas. We've been looking at the songs of Christmas in Luke chapters 1 and 2. We looked at the song of Zechariah, of Mary, last week of Simeon. And this morning we want to look at a song that is sung by a group that is literally out of this world. It's not an ordinary choir. It's not a song sung by one man or one woman. But the song that this choir sang, it lit the night sky. It was the song of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Before we look at this song, as we've been doing, we want to take a look at the verses that precede the song. What is it that leads up to the singing of 
this particular song this morning. So if you will, if you have your Bibles, I would invite you to turn to Luke chapter 2. And we begin this morning by reading of the birth of Jesus. Probably a good place to start in a Christmas service. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus, he issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph, he also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes, placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. We read in these opening verses of a baby that is laid in a manger. Luke, the writer of this book, is the only gospel writer who relates his narrative to the dates of world history. He speaks of a man by the name of Caesar Augustus. He was the first, some believe the greatest, of the Roman emperors during this time. This man, he established the famed Pax Romana, which means Roman peace. This man who reigned from 31 B.C. through A.D. 14, he put an end to the terrible civil wars that were raging in Rome for years. At this time, there was an unprecedented calm and peace in the land. And God's going to use this pagan Roman emperor in order to fulfill the great prophecy found all the way back in the book of Micah, 400 years prior, which says that Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. God is going to use this Roman emperor to see that Jesus is born in the town of David. And so Joseph and Mary, both being in the lintage of David, they both now must travel to Bethlehem to register for a census. The journey was long from Nazareth to Bethlehem, probably 80 miles, four to five days walking, rugged terrain. And then you add to all of that a woman now who is nine months pregnant. Some ask the question, why would Joseph take his wife being nine months pregnant? Well, he certainly did not want to leave her behind. He certainly knew that this son of theirs would soon be brought into the world. But there might be another reason. When we looked at the song of Mary, you might recall I spoke of Mary's knowledge 
of the Old Testament. That Mary knew the stories, she knew the verses. I would assume that Mary and Joseph probably knew Micah 5.2. Probably understood that Messiah was to be born in the town of David. And so as they think through all of this, knowing that Mary is going to be delivering Messiah, they had to go to Bethlehem. This is where he would be born. Well, they get to Bethlehem, and of course it's a, a crowded town. Many have already traveled to Bethlehem to register for that census, and so the story goes that there was no room for them in the inn. Now, you know, the Bible doesn't say that Jesus was born in a stable. The Bible doesn't mention stable. It mentions that he was laid in a manger, and we assume that a manger was found in the stable. The manger was simply a feeding trough for animals. It's where they ate, they drank. Certainly was not soft, had no safety features, this open container. But there Jesus lay. And so now Messiah has come. The Christ child has come now into this world. And so how does God now, how does he announce the birth of Jesus? How does he make sure that those living in this Roman Empire, how do they know that Messiah has come? There's no email. There's no texting. No Facebook, no phones, no TV. How do you get the word out? Well, let's keep reading. Look at verse 8. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. They were keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I, I, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So now God must get the word out. People must know. And Jesus' birth announcement was sent by an angel first to shepherds. It's a little bit surprising that shepherds would receive this announcement from the angel because of their reputation. These shepherds, they were the lowest of the low. They were the outcasts, the thieves, the scoundrels, the rascals, the robbers. It's surprising that the Judean shepherds should have such a reputation. When you think about the leaders of Israel, you think of Abraham, for example. He had his flocks, as so did Isaac and Jacob. What about Moses, the great leader of Israel who watched flocks of his father-in-law? And King David himself, 
was taken from Bethlehem as a shepherd. He was the very one who wrote the shepherd's psalm, Psalm 23. And yet he was taken from the flocks in Bethlehem to be anointed king. And yet somehow over the years, these Judean shepherds have a terrible, terrible reputation. But it was to these men that the angel made the announcement. We believe the angel was Gabriel. doesn't say that in this text, but Gabriel was an angel that was very involved and busy in the whole birth narrative. He was the very one who came to Zechariah. Remember he said to Zechariah, I am Gabriel. It was Gabriel who came to Mary herself. And so we assume that this angel of the Lord is Gabriel. It says that the shepherds were struck with fear. They were terrified. These, these hardy shepherds, these countrymen, were terrified when they saw Gabriel appear. They weren't just afraid. The King James says they were sore afraid. I'm not exactly what sore means. But I don't want to be that afraid of anything. To be sore afraid of Gabriel. And, you know, I can't think of two groups being so different. Angels and shepherds. You have the angels who are from another world. You have these shepherds who are the lowest class in this world. You have angels who are bright, they're glorious, with heavenly light. The shepherds are dirty. They, they smell like sheep. The angels, they just explode onto the scene with loud, dynamic shouts of praise and worship. And the poor shepherds are stunned and frightened into silence. What an odd couple. That God should use both angels and shepherds. And Gabriel says to the shepherds, don't be afraid. I came with good news. Christ is born and he's lying in the manger. And that will be the sign. He's lying in a manger. Good news is gospel. That's what gospel means. Gospel means good news. And Jesus, it says, is good news. He came and was born in the town of David in Bethlehem. And God entrusts this single most important message that the world has ever heard to Gabriel. Now that's understandable. But then he makes the announcement to shepherds of all people. That makes no sense. It's unreasonable. It's illogical to entrust the good news that Jesus has come to this low group of men out in the field. Someone said it's like putting thieves in charge of the bank. But let me remind you that God entrusted you with the gospel. Did you know that? God entrusted you with the gospel. That Jesus came to save people from their sins. 
God doesn't use angels anymore today. God uses you. You say, well, what if, what if we just decide not to make the announcement? What if we decide we're, we're not going to tell anybody? What? It doesn't get done. God has entrusted you with the gospel, just as he entrusted it with the shepherds, just as he gave it to Gabriel. Paul said himself in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. God has entrusted you with that gospel. You say, well, what other, what, what's God's plan B? Maybe that's plan A. What, there isn't plan B. You have been entrusted with the gospel. And what is that? What is this good news? It's spoken of here. The gospel is that Jesus came into this world, God in flesh, and he dwelt among us. And this one who came into this world, whose name is Jesus, he lived a perfect life, went to the cross and died. He suffered and bled so that you and I might be given salvation. You see, the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no other way to come to the Father except through me. The gospel is good news because we can be saved through Christ and belong to the family of God. Now these shepherds, they have the message. What are they going to do with it? As they begin to process all of this, here they heard from this angel Gabriel that Christ is born in the town of David. Look at verse 13. It says, suddenly, there was a great company of heavenly hosts appearing with the angel, praising God and saying, and here's where the where the angels, they, they, they burst out in song. It was unexpected, this great company. It was without warning. There's so many angels here, it was impossible, impossible to count. The song of Christmas comes down at this time. Gloria in excelsis Deo. You know what that means? Glory to God in the highest. We sang that song. And peace on earth, goodwill toward men. What does peace mean? A state of wholeness, of harmony, of, of well-being. Pax Romana. You know that phrase that was feigned by Caesar Augustus. Roman peace. But it was an external peace. It was not an internal peace. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace on those whom his favor rests. The angels spoke of a deeper peace. You see, Caesar did bring peace to the world, but it was an outward peace. 
There was a rest, an unprecedented peace. There were no wars and conflicts, no disturbances. But the angels are proclaiming something different. A deeper, a more lasting peace. A peace of mind, a peace in the soul. Something made possible by a Savior. Something made possible by the Prince of Peace, in which Isaiah speaks. But this peace of God, this internal peace, is only possible when we first experience the peace with God. Paul speaks of that peace in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. He says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have a peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we're not born with that peace. We don't naturally have a peace with God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says we are at enmity with God. That there is a a separation between God and man. And so we need peace with God. Again, that only comes through Christ. There is enmity, there is separation between God and man. And it's because of sin. Sin always separates. Sin always separates. When you you sin, you separate from God. There's a fellowship that is broken until you ask God to forgive you. Then he restores that fellowship. But sin always separates. And so the Bible says we, being born in sin... We're separated from God. We're at enmity with God. So we need to be at peace with God. The gap must be closed. And the only way that gap is closed is through Christ. Again, Jesus came to save people from their sins so that our sins can be taken away so that we have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Jesus, just before he left his disciples, he said, peace I leave you, peace I give you, not as the world gives. You see, Jesus gives a different kind of peace. It's an internal peace. It's something that passes all understanding. This was the peace that the angels sang of. But now the the angels leave. The angels leave now the shepherds in verse 15. They leave the shepherds alone. What, how do the shepherds respond? What, what do they now do? The angel didn't tell them what to do. He did tell them where Jesus was born, but he didn't say, now go to Bethlehem. The shepherds are going to have to make up their own mind. So let's keep reading. Look at verse 15. It says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven... The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary... She treasured up all these things, and she pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising him 
for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. When you receive good news, it always requires a response. The shepherds have now received the greatest news the world has ever heard. What is their response? What are they going to do now with this news that they have received? Do they go back to their campfires? Do they bed down for the night? The Bible says they left everything. They left everything behind to go and see what the Lord had told them. Now, they're not living far from Bethlehem, right? The Bible says in in, uh, verse 8, they were nearby. They were just out in a field close to where the town of Bethlehem was located. And so the response is this. Let's go, let's see, and let's share it. Let's go, let's see, And then let's share it. Now let me speculate for a moment this morning. Where did the shepherds, where did they go? Well, we don't know, right? The Bible doesn't say where they went. It just says they they went. But where do you think they may have gone? Now, just hang with me for a moment. These sheep that they're watching over most likely were to be used as sacrifices in the temple in Jerusalem. Most believe that because they were within six miles of Jerusalem, that they were raising these sheep so that they could take them to the temple, sell them, do whatever they need to do with them, and they would be used as sacrifices. So let's assume that they went to Jerusalem. They're pretty familiar with the city of Jerusalem, taking the sheep there from time to time. Guess who they might have bumped into? Last week, we looked at Simeon's song. Simeon's Simeon's song followed the account that we're reading this morning. Where was Simeon in Jerusalem? What was he doing? He was waiting. Who was he waiting for? The consolation of Israel. Why was he waiting? Because God told Simeon, Simeon, you will not die until you see Messiah. That's why he wrote a song. He saw Messiah. Then he said, he started out saying uh, the Latin words, nunc dimittis, now dismissed, now I'm ready to die in peace. It could be that the shepherds went to Jerusalem. And maybe they saw Simeon. And maybe Simeon heard that Jesus was born that very day. I imagine this man was getting pretty excited, knowing that the time is closer and closer and closer. But Mary, the Bible says, she she treasured and pondered All these things in her heart. She had a lot of processing to do. This young teenage mom. Now that this child has come into the world. Good news, it always requires a response. The shepherds heard it. 
They needed to go and share it. The Bible says they spread the word. Good news, it always requires a response. As soon as the baby is born, call your parents, don't you? As soon as your team wins, texting your buddies. As soon as you shoot that big buck, pictures on Facebook. Good news that always requires a response. So this morning I ask you, what is your response to the good news of Jesus? How do you respond to that? How do you respond when I say to you that you have been entrusted with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the only way that word gets out is through you? What do you do with that? You sit there and do nothing? Do you go back to your work this week and say nothing? What do you do when you receive that kind of news that Jesus Christ saves people from their sins. And that if your buddies at work, if they don't hear that, we know their, their destiny. It's a Christless, etern a Christless eternity. And so maybe the only way they will hear is through your lips, through your actions, through your behavior. What do you do when you receive good news, the shepherd said, we have to go. We've got to see. And as soon as they saw Jesus, they had to share it. They couldn't keep it to themselves. They could not hold it within themselves. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ has been entrusted to the children of God's. The shepherds spread the word. What will you do with the good news that Jesus saves? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the coming of Jesus into our world. And again, this time of year, Lord, in which we're able to celebrate. Lord, this, this is good news best news that the world has ever heard. Father, if there's someone here this morning who has never trusted Christ, Lord, may this be that day. You continue to work by your Spirit in the heart now that has heard the gospel. But Father, to us who have known the gospel, we have been saved for years. Father, help us to be bold in our witness and not be ashamed of the gospel. Father, we too many times we, we keep it to ourselves. We become very selfish and we just don't want to say anything about Jesus or share what he has done. Father, you have entrusted with us, to us the same message that has been entrusted to the shepherds. May we do as they did. Help us to go into our own world and help us to spread the name of Jesus to those around us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
right, if you would, please stand and join us, and we're going to do one verse a cappella of Silent Night, Holy Night. We'll sing that together and uh, bring our service to a close. Let's sing together. Silent Night, Holy Night. 